We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? Cool. LeBron James, the BK. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of topics on Nets Twitter, some positive, some negative, some a little bit wild. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Jack, where do we start? Nick, let's start with the most salacious, hot takey topic of them all, Mr. LBJ to BKN. Um, let's let's jump right into it, Nick, because you had no idea when I, I sent you the DM, like, what the hell is this? And yeah. you know, LeBron James did a bit of a Q&A on Twitter, and he was asked who he would take in a two-on-two to, to go against Jordan or and, and Scottie Pippen. And three of the names, uh, two of the three names that he decided to pick were... The two superstars that are currently in Brooklyn and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Now, I don't know. Two and two makes four, Nick. But two and whatever number six is whatever LeBron makes is eight. I don't know. The, the maths here, does it work? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been something that's been brought up by people. Obviously, no real credence to it at this point in time. But there has been discussion about, you know, if LeBron did leave, where would he want to go? A lot of people have been, you know, back to Cleveland. I've heard people mention the Nets. But obviously, this is, you know, probably something that's at like one to three percent chance of happening. You know, you could talk yourself into the idea of the fit and all of that and LeBron wanting to be here, but obviously the Lakers would have to trade him. LeBron would have to de- demand a trade to the Nets. It would be a lot of different moving parts. It would be really cool and something we all can do in 2K. I'm not so sure we're going to see it happen uh, in 2022 with the Brooklyn Nets and LeBron James. Look, there's crazier things that have happened in this wild and wacky league. Yeah, look, uh, I'll go 35 to 4%. <laughs> I'll push that 5%, maybe even a 4.97%. Look, in in all honesty, the, this is something that just excites me, just as the general premise, you know, just spewing around, having some, some fun talking about it because we also heard Kyrie Irving break, speak pretty openly and candidly about his time in Cleveland and how he wished things had gone differently and he was a bit more mature and, and, and such like that. He didn't really get the chance to speak to LeBron James upon his departure. It was a, It was a really wild and sort of crazy time for him. Now it seems to me that LeBron James and Kyrie Irving are on pretty good terms. When he was asked a question on the I Am Athlete podcast, he was asked about, you know, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving reuniting. Kyrie laughed, didn't respond in any sort of way, but it was a laugh where it's just like, well, answer the question, my guy. Answer the question. Well, what's going on here? And obviously we, we do have 
uh, you know, uh, Kyrie Irving's status with the, with the team that has been brought up by Sean Marks and a lot of people losing their minds over that as well. So there's a lot of Kyrie Irving-related stuff. And look, ultimately, we could have LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving on the team, and Sean Marks will be the, the GM of the millennium. But at this stage, we don't know what is going to happen, whether if Kyrie Irving is going to be back, uh, let alone if his former superstar teammate will be on the team as well. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't the first time LeBron said something nice about the Nets, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving this season. You know, it wasn't the first time we've heard some praise. You know, LeBron's not stupid. He's he's not going to, you know, ruin any opportunities for himself if things did get really toxic in L.A. and he needed to demand a trade to another location, especially, you know, towards the end of his career and allow him to really be that facilitator. But again, you know, this is... Very, very, very hypothetical at this point in time. There hasn't really been anything to it. I mean, there could honestly even be an argument that maybe it's more likely for Kyrie Irving to go to the Lakers, you know, something along those lines in a sign-in trade or something like that, you know. So this point in the offseason, this is this is going to be a lot of what you see for teams until free agency really starts and we get even closer to even draft season. Yeah, look, the, the the craziness has already begun for Nets fans, and Nets fans don't need any semblance or any opportunity to get crazy before they decide to get crazy. And sure, they can Marks, do it on their own. <laughs> they can certainly do it on their own. And sure, Marks helped stir that, Nick, by yeah. speaking with Michael Grady and the Yes Network. And there are a few takeaways, and thanks to our boy Will Jackson for putting out a few of these. And obviously, we'll get into the Kyrie Irving quote, which is probably making the rounds and, and dissect that a little bit. But... <clears throat> Will put this out saying that the biggest takeaways from the Marks interview were Nets prioritizing physicality, Kyrie back not a complete certainty. We'll definitely discuss that. Team will look take a long look at the center position. Team was frustrated with the Ben situation, but is supporting him 100%. And it sounds like Seth and Joe will both be back. A long look at that center position is also, I don't know if it totally contradicts what we heard from Alex Schiffer and the Athletics saying that they're prioritizing Nick Claxton re-signing as well. But maybe they're adding that sort of stretch big that we've that a lot of Nets fans are hoping for, or maybe just a, some version of that to, to add some depth at a position where they had a lot of options, but not the strongest amount of quality there. Out of the takeaways, Nick, where do you sort of stand with all of it? Yeah, I think, like you said, great tweet by Will. Um, you know, the Kyrie stuff was definitely interesting because it was essentially kind of doubling down on playing with fire. You know, he's he's essentially kind of trying to maintain leverage and in terms of him, I'm referring to Sean Marks, trying to, you know, make it be known that the Nets aren't a hundred percent committed to Kyrie and there has to be some returning demands on their end for him. Obviously, you know, you and I have both talked about in the past, the likelihood of Kyrie Irving being on the Nets next season is extremely likely. But I think the Nets are trying to manage the situation from a position of power, which I'm not sure if they truly have. And obviously you know, Kyrie's a guy that can change his mind and has made, you know, some questionable decisions in the past. So it's definitely a storyline to keep an eye on. I, like I said, at the end of the day, I I believe Kyrie will be a net next season, but the Nets aren't, they're definitely not uh, catering to all of his needs and treating him like the highest level of superstar. And there's a level of it in which you understand because of how the situation has kind of gone down this past season. Then even the year before where, you know, Kyrie took the hiatus and kind of left the team for a bit and, you know, has said probably some questionable things. But at the end of the day, Kevin Durant wants him on the Nets. The Nets really have no way of replicating or, you know, replacing his talent on this team. So, He's probably going to be a net, but this is definitely adding elements to the relationship. 
Yeah, it's certainly adding some form of fuel to the fire, whether it's gasoline or it's just a, another log of wood yeah. to put the kindling down there. I have no idea. But this is the quote that I think a lot of people lost their minds at. And I understand that, you know, without context, he said, Sean Mark said this about conversations around an extension for Kyrie Irving. I look forward to it. We have not had a conversation yet. So I look forward to getting in a room with him and Joe and his team. And we will. We'll see what it looks like for Kyrie moving forward here and what he needs from us and so forth. So again, it wouldn't be right for me to comment on what hypothetical could happen because we don't know. We haven't had those conversations with Kyrie yet, but when they do, we'll see if it's the right fit for both sides. I think that little tidbit there, Nick, is what caused everyone to explode and say, is sure Marks want us to be led by Patty Mills and Seth Curry moving forward? Or is he actually prioritizing... You know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because you know we know that they are a package deal uh, at the end of the day when it comes to to the Nets and, and their superstars. I guess I'll ask you about that, Nick. We'll see if it's the right fit for both sides. Did Sean Marks misspeak in, in how he sort of communicated here or is he being you know overly cautious within reason? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say within reason, but he's definitely being cautious in terms of what he's saying in terms of you know we remember last year where he essentially said you know we expect Harden and Irving. signed sealed delivered yeah so obviously you're going to kind of backtrack this offseason if things don't go your way and obviously like I said I def- based off of reporting not even you know about Sean Marks but more so about Joe Sy being upset with the Kyrie Irving situation not only last season but also this season they definitely are trying to leverage their position and let it be known is like they're not going to do exactly what Kyrie wants. But at the end of the day, they probably are going to do that. But maybe it's just kind of a le- leveraging tool for the contracts. You know, we kind of talked about in the past, you know, incentives, guarantees based off on games played, you know, what type of you know punishment is there if he decides to leave the team for an undisclosed reason or a reason the team doesn't find suitable I think it's it's more complicated, and I also think the Nets felt they lost the franchise a little bit over the course of the last year in terms of just all the distraction from off-the-court stuff and the star players and what it kind of brought to the team. So I'm not surprised by this approach, but kind of like we talked about, it's definitely playing with fire to an extent. And like you said, Jack, is it just throwing a log? Is it throwing lighter fluid, gasoline? Like, what is it going to do? Because it's very hard to anticipate how Kyrie Irving reacts to things. No, and it certainly is, Nick. And I, it's interesting because we're sort of seeing both parties come out in the media. You know, Kyrie Irving doing his, you know, the, the two podcast appearances, everything he's doing on Twitch these days. I think that one thing that people really appreciate about Kyrie Irving is the level of authenticity. And that's something that you could argue against with the Nets franchise and Sean Marks. It's, a lot of the time, it's just like, okay, he's saying things for the sake of saying things because it looks good on camera because it's a quote that protects him, protects Joe Side, protects the players, protects Steve Nash, whoever else it might be. I mean, let and alone we know he talked to Kyrie about this extension already. I mean, it, it, <laughs> you'd be, it, it would be derelict in his duty as a, as, a, as a term that I use often. It would be derelict in his duty if he hadn't done that with his team, with Kyrie Irving himself, et cetera, et cetera. So we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, I ultimately think that this is going to lead to one one way, and it's going to lead to Kyrie Irving signing with the Nets long term, probably to match up with Kevin Durant still in some form or fashion, and we see both of those guys long term within the Brooklyn Nets franchise. But I do also think that Sean Marks isn't handling this the best way, and I think he's getting some criticism that hasn't probably come his way, you know, in seasons past. It, he's finally starting to to get a little bit of of, of negative press, and it's interesting because. A lot of the stuff when it comes to the actual roster moves and the actual job that he does have, you know, his job is to communicate to the media. His job is to communicate to the fans as as the general manager. His job is also to build the team. And the way he's been doing that of late has been subpar, Nick. And I think that that is a reflection on himself. I wonder if he's having conversation with Joe Sy before he does, you know, to speak to the Yes Network. We're seeing, you know, Clara Sy and Joe Sy at, at, at Liberty Games, obviously, another a franchise uh, that they are owners of and, and a property that they, they are heavily invested in. So it's just interesting to see how this, this offseason is playing out in terms of you know the, the different parties that are involved. You know, the, the large amount of free agents that the Nets do have on their roster right now and you know, the, the contracts that could, will, might, who knows, could be signed. And, you know, the priority needs to be Kyrie Irving and locking him up long term. Does it happen? Yeah, probably. But... It's it's not a it's not a done deal. I don't think that we could see really crazy things happen. You know, and when it comes to weird and crazy things, the NBA is full of it, and Kyrie Irving is certainly full of those situations yeah. as well. As have the Brooklyn Nets been, you know, in the past you know twelve to eighteen months. So crazy things. I've said it, you know, about LeBron James, but crazy things could happen even with this Kyrie Irving situation, Nick. I just think that one Sean Marks hasn't handled it great. Two, Kyrie Irving isn't, you know, the most reliable player, superstar, or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's it's he's all. Sean Marks has always been about key, appeasing Kevin Durant. If you're about appeasing Kevin Durant, you've got to probably play nice, quote unquote, with, with Kyrie Irving, even if it is trying to arrest some of that control and and ownership of of how the sort of culture of the franchise has been. And you know, we can have a, a general discussion about that because you know you pointed out to me as we've been chatting over the last couple of days about. Little tidbits that we're seeing about the franchise, you know, Bruce Brown sitting courtside, Seth Curry sitting courtside, you know, uh, Paddy Mills having, you know, lunch, coffee, whatever it is with Steve Nash, you know, Sean Marks having discussions with Ben Simmons, all these different sort of things. Does Kyrie Irving mess with the Nets culture, Nick? Or is Kyrie Irving a part of the Nets culture? It, it's, a, it's a weird thing to sort of talk about because there is no right or wrong answer. It is such an abstract thing to discuss. But Kyrie Irving is almost Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. These superstars are above culture themselves. They are culture unto themselves. And when it comes to an organization and trying to build that, I think Kyrie Irving has to be a part of that because I think when it comes to you know subtle leadership and 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 just the the, the fans themselves, there is such a kinship with Kyrie Irving. Players love him behind the scenes, whether it's 
Patrick Beverly who hates everyone, or it's you know Cam Thomas and 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 the other superstars there. It's just he has he rubs some people and some parties the wrong way. But at the end of the day, he's he he is going to be integral to what the, to the Nets' higher ultimate goals of achieving a championship. So I don't think Sean Marks is handling this the hunt the the totally the right way. But I also don't think he's you know totally disenchanting um, Kyrie Irving and making him want to go to Dallas or to go to New York or LA and, and pushing him out the door. But who knows that that could end up being the case. I I, don't, I honestly I'm, I'm not sure, Nick. And I also would say there could also be out pressure inside from Joe Sy. Like that's Sean Marks's boss. Like if if Joe Sy is telling him to kind of play this game. He almost has to do it. Do you, you know, think it is, Nick? Look, obviously, we're I a think there is definitely we don't have... some pr- pressure from Joe Sy, like a hundred percent, because we can just look back at all the reporting. Like, just look back at the reporting going to last season. You know, we had leaks last year talking about how upset Joe Sy was that he wasn't showing up for work. You know, essentially, and then this year with the whole mandate stuff, his wording even around training camp was somewhat stern in terms of the whole Kyrie situation. So. I definitely think there's pressure from Joe Sy. And again, getting to Sean Marks, he hasn't done a perfect job. You know, this past offseason was a failure. You know, some of that's out of his control. But at the end of the day, we're looking for results. And a lot of the signings that happened in the past offseason did not work out. You know, the draft went well. Kessler Edwards was a great pick. Cam Thomas showing promise. Dayron Sharp showed a few things. But overall, the veterans that they brought in in the offseason didn't didn't deliver. You know, James Johnson didn't make it throughout the season. Javon Carter didn't fit with his team and couldn't play well. You look at uh, DeAndre Bembry, they elected to cut him, you know, and then the whole James Harden situation. Some of that, too, is Harden and his personality and him being a diva and wanting out. But also the roster wasn't perfectly supplemented for James Harden either. And you could look to Sean Marks for some of that. Obviously, he couldn't predict the whole Kyrie Irving situation with the mandate and stuff. But still, like I said, you're you're in charge. So regardless, you're going to get some of that blame. And like you said, I don't think they're handling it perfectly. But if he's getting pressure from Joe Sy to apply this level of pressure back on Kyrie Irving, it's more understanding. But it's all and like you said, too, it's understanding that they're trying to apply some pressure. But some of the wording, I would say, has been questionable. I think they've could have gone more vague and less direct, you know what I mean? In just terms of just like, you know, yeah, we're not going to talk about hypotheticals because sure, you're not going to talk about hypotheticals, but the way to make it seem like, oh, Kyrie Irving might not be back. I just, I'm not sure that's a great look. And also maybe there is more to the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving relationship than we know about, or also more to Kevin Durant saying, Sean Marks, like do your job and I won't be as involved this time around. Yeah, look, it, I think you're totally on the money there, Nick. I think that there's an easy way around it with Shaw Marks, and it's just like, yeah, Joe Sy might be telling you to do this one thing, but he's also given you and a lot of people in the franchise a level of freedom and autonomy yeah. to do so many other different things when it comes to roster construction and, and all and all the rest of it. And you know, it's something to we could discuss for hours and hours on end. The easy thing, like you alluded to, Nick, for Shaw Marks, is just like, look, there are internal discussions, and there wasn't like a, a positive sort of thing, like we're hoping Kyrie Irving will be back. Yes, you know, sort that's of. A, you know, put, that's a key miss. And it's just like why aren't you just at the very least saying that it's just like, you know, he's a big part of our future plans or all, all those sort of like pleasantries that I alluded to 
but not for the positive side when it comes to you know, your second superstar who you would like to think would be part of a deep and large postseason run. And again, Kyrie Irving had a pretty poor postseason as we did in our playoff grades. Check out that podcast if you want to relive the, the hell that was <laughs> the first round. So I just... I just think that Sean Marks, whether whether it's on him, Josiah, or, or whoever else, is just like, this is a miss. And you're, you're starting with misses in the offseason that are clear, easy winners. Like, you, you get to... And I'm not good at baseball analogies, but I'll try and get one. Like, you can, you get a single, or you hit yeah. to first base or second base. Um, again, I hope I'm getting it right. And, and there's probably a lot of Yankee and Mets fans and everyone else <laughs> around the world that are just, like, laughing at what I'm saying. But it's just you'd like to think that the easy things are done well, let alone the hard things, which is creating a roster and constructing a roster and coaching staff that is going to lead to success um, in the, uh, and achieving, you know, that Larry and getting that Larry OB, which is what all Nets fans want. So not necessarily totally optimistic about Sean Marks as I have been. And I've called him a wizard on our Thanksgiving episodes in, in years past. It's been, this franchise has made me feel so many different emotions to every single person. And I think the only consistency I've had is with, you know, Kevin Durant. And even with KD, we were pretty frustrated with some of the stuff he was doing in the postseason. So nothing is easy with the Nets, Nick. Nothing easy. Yeah, and Jack, getting back to your point, it's not even like you need to win. You just can't lose. You know, you you can't lose these easy ones. You just, it's whatever. If you, you know, are just okay or you just... You know, you get the check mark. You don't get the check plus or the the great grade or whatever. It's just like you got. You're doing teaching grades. <laughs> I'm doing baseball grades. We're like doing weird roles here, man. Yeah, we're working on our different skills in the off season. No, um, Nick's gonna be doing Simpsons and Harry Potter references <laughs> soon, guys. I could maybe do a couple of Harry Potter ones. Simpsons, though, I need some work. Uh, but um, I think another point, especially because it was the same interview is how highly Sean was speaking about Ben Simmons. You just felt more positivity in that area than you did in anything related to Kyrie Irving. So I don't know if that determines how the organization feels or it's just, you know, impending free agent versus guy who's under contract for the next couple seasons. But interesting stuff in terms of just trying to pick it apart. Yeah, it's interesting just the the way that things are being handled despite the fact that you know, the, the Woj bomb that we got immediately after, you know, Ben Simmons withdrawing was just like the Nets were expecting him to to come back. And then Sean Marks is saying, look, he wanted to be back. And then we're getting sources from the New York Post saying, uh, a source from Ben Simmons camp saying to the Post, we will work together with the Nets on a summer plan. Everyone is confident. We And then Marks is sort of saying, we are doing everything we can to get him around him and our group. That's the key. He needs to be in here, smell the gym again, build up together, build him back up. He's a big, big part of this. He could have said a lot of those things about Kyrie Irving. It's just like, I again, I'm not saying that I don't love Ben Simmons. And I don't you know, acknowledge the fact that he is also going to be a huge integral part to the Nets finding success. And I think handling Ben Simmons and, and his camp, given everything that's happened the past couple of years with him in Philadelphia and, and everything else uh, beyond that, I think that is the right way to go about it. And it's somewhat positive to hear. I don't necessarily know what else you do say. And it was interesting to hear Ben Simmons camp actually come out as well, speak to the New York post. It's it, uh, it's, there's just a lot of different information, Nick, as we've sort of said about this team. It's just like you, you take everything with a grain of salt, a pinch of salt, whatever the, the analogy, you know, is the metaphor is. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just very much like, okay, Ben Simmons, cool. Uh, and uh, Kyrie Irving, 
I, I don't know. It's it's just like you'd you'd rather. I, I think the Nets will be their best version of themselves with all three of those guys healthy. But I also think that Kyrie Irving is going to be more important and more integral to the Nets being the best version of themselves than Ben Simmons is. Because I think Ben Simmons is your your juiced up third superstar. You know, he's your Clay Thompson in the scenario of like the the trio of superstars. He's your your James Harden in OKC. He's your Chris Bosh. You know, he's those, whereas I think Kyrie Irving has the you know, the status of of the second superstar. You can make the argument, yes or no, because of his two-way play, his inconsistency, his availability, whatever. A lot of those arguments you can make for Ben as well. So I just think that ultimately I'm hoping for, for good news on, on, on both regards. And hopefully this is a, a, one of the few podcasts that we do that isn't evergreen. It's just like, ah, well, what we said was done back then. And I'll eat the humble pie that I've been wanting to eat for <laughs> months and months and months now. So hopefully Sean does his job. Josiah does his job, gets the... The ink done with our most important superstar, as well as Clax, Bruce, everyone else surrounding the franchise. But yeah, you know, I'm not filled with the the world a world of confidence given how things have been handled so far. And it was interesting because we even heard Iron Eagle come out, who mm. you know speaking about and some criticism of the organization. It's just like different little things here and there because when generally when you hear like Grady, Ruko, Sarah Kustak. The way they speak about the Nets organization, they are intrinsically tied with it being the Yes Network. So when they come out and say stuff, you know, you you listen because yeah. there are a few people who Especially are Iron. Exactly. There are a few people with closer ties to the Nets when it comes to media than those guys. You know, maybe Shams and Wojan and obviously the, the higher ups in when when it comes to that. But when it comes to Nets media, those guys I, I trust, you know, as much as anyone else. So the fact that there was criticism was nice to hear. Because I think it was a lot of criticism that we had about you know, the Nets' inconsistency, Steve Nash's performance, et cetera, et cetera. But I still do find the nature of it and who it came from, the mouthpiece itself, interesting. Because Sean Marks also went on to yes and tried to you know spin, not spin a tail, but sort of communicate in a way that was favorable. Because they would have like final say on the editing room and everything like yeah. that. So what was put out there, Sean Marks might have said a lot of the things that we wanted him to say. But the fact that he didn't, we could be overreacting to it. Like we said, the the key point that you alluded to about, you know, him sort of in, in last year's um, off season speaking about Kyrie Irving and James Harden saying, you know, he's extremely confident about their re-signing, and then things <laughs> blew up in his face in yeah. in, in a way as that bad was as they really could, to be honest. Literally, and that was unimaginable and unforecastable. But now it seems to me like you know on the spectrum of of open communication and withholding information. It's just like he's gone the the other tactic. He's not withholding. He's just changing the way that he's communicating. And I guess it's, it's just an odd one. And I think that what is being said and the little breadcrumbs that we do get, because, you know, we're not in the postseason and we're not playing the games where we want to be. Um, it, it's just an interesting, it's just interesting. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we're we're just breaking down words. You know, we're not breaking down play. We're not breaking down any contracts. Yeah, contracts, not, yeah, nothing official. And words matter, Nick. Yeah, you know, they do. It's a leverage play right now. Sticks like and stones may break my bones, but words will emotionally scar me for life. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I think uh, that like they're just trying to make a leverage game right now, and they're trying to get some level of commitment from Kyrie that's probably been missing for you know the last year and a half or 
whatever you want to say, however you want to break down the situation in everyone's eyes is a little bit different. So I think that's pretty apparent. And when you play games, you can lose. And obviously the Nets know that and how the rest of the offseason goes is is going to play a big role in that. And like I said, I expect Kyrie to be back, but you don't want to damage a relationship if you can not. Yeah, it's a fine line between passing, going, collecting that 200 bucks and heading straight to jail. And we don't yeah, want to head to jail. Collecting a big deal. <laughs> it's a, it's just, it, it accumulates that cash. It's just the yeah. simple things. And it feels like the Nets keep you know getting those chance cards and going to jail or paying $50 tax. We, we get some good goddamn analogies yeah. in no this No hotels. <laughs> nah, look, then they're not getting like the expensive property. or well, they're getting the expensive properties, but no one's landing on them. They're not getting yeah. the return from them either. Um, we're going to stop with the Monopoly uh, stuff here. It's because actually my it, favorite board game. <laughs> I'm I'm, a, I'm really good at it, mate. So we should, yeah. uh, next time that I'm over or you're down here, uh, we definitely got to get involved with some Monopoly because I'm a big fan also. I guess in, in saying all of this, Nick, we've spoken about, I guess, the Sean Mark side of things. You know, we're hearing Kyrie Irving go on, you know, I guess somewhat of a media tour and, and you know, speak a, be a bit more forthright, you know, go out on Twitch and, say some things about Kendrick Lamar and uh, OnlyFans and whatever else it might be. And I think that's what a lot of people, as I alluded to, love about Kyrie, just his honesty and the, the lack of filter that he does have sometimes, which can, you know, make him put his, his foot in his own mouth. What are you seeing and hearing from Kyrie Irving? Do you think that how he sort of handled, you know, the, the podcast appearance is sort of just like, this is like grade A of how you do things, where it's just like the opposite of what James Harden did on his way out. You know, if Kyrie Irving is were to leave the the Nets or be forced out, quote unquote, I guess a lot of people would be like, "Well, sure, Marks forced him out, not Kyrie Irving forced his way out like he did in Boston." It seems to me that Kyrie Irving is is very much on top of things, and you know, not saying that you know he's perfect by any stretch because I think his availability, the vaccine stuff, you know, what last year where he was unavailable and sort of went MIA, you know, the, we're talking about the right now, and it's it's hard to. Not, not include Kyrie Irving's history when talking about you know where he is and where he stands with the organization. But as it currently stands, Nick Kyrie Irving and the way he's handling his status, his contract negotiations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, where do you feel with that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's really said a ton about it in terms of like his plans. You know, at least I haven't really seen it. I I haven't listened to every single podcast. Mostly, I mean, he said that he wants to be there. Yeah, and he said at the end of the season, play with Kevin Durant for fifty years or whatever. So and manage uh, this organization, co-manage all those sort of different things. So you can tell he's in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been pretty apparent that he wants to play here. And we've talked about it before him being a Nets fan and the the ties to his family. And then what he just recently had a quote saying that he bought a ton of real estate in New Jersey and needed to talk to a politician about the taxes. So, you know, I think he does want to stay. I think that's pretty apparent on multiple levels. And, you know, he's not stupid either. I think a lot of people think that Kyrie is crazy and he doesn't have objective thoughts. But even when we heard him on the Acetras podcast, you know, a couple weeks ago talking about like how he didn't know what his status was, like he knows that he's anything can still happen, that it's a business. But he also knows what he wants and what type of value he carries in his relationship to Kevin Durant. So I think Kyrie's, you know, playing this pretty well right now. He hasn't done anything rash or hasn't said anything that's going to really get him in a ton of trouble. So, you know, he's just kind of doing his thing. And I think. When negotiations come, he'll kind of, you know, put on that hat and kind of lock in and try to figure those things out. But I think at the end of the day, 
his number one choice is definitely be back with the Brooklyn Nets and playing with Kevin Durant. Yeah, and maybe that's Sean Mark sees that as like, okay, well, I've got the leverage now. You've sort of indicated how much you want to be with Kevin Durant, how much you want to be, you know, in this city long term with your family, friends, et cetera, et cetera. So it's so like, cool, well, it's in my hand now. But the way he's handling that with the semblance of quote unquote control is not perfect. Whereas Kyrie Irving's just like, look, man, I, I want to be here. I want to manage this organization. All all the different things which can be funny and can be irritating or can be, you know, you know, uh, refreshing sometimes. So it, it'll be interesting how it plays out. I'm sure we'll be speaking about Kyrie Irving, Sean Marks on future podcasts. No, <laughs> no doubt way. about that. No, who, who would have thought, Nick? But in in saying that, I wanted to finish off with a little bit of coaching stuff because obviously there's the Steve Nash. Uh, but we also, from Mark Stein, you know, a couple of days ago speaking about, uh, he, in his newsletter, alluded to obviously Amari Stoudemire, who we saw come out and say, Nothing but positive things about the organization. David Vanderpool's unlikely to return. So the assistant coaching staff is going to be likely close to a blank slate. Also, Steve Nash is apparently the third highest paid coach in the NBA, which yeah. is bewilderingly just absolutely shocking. I, like a guy gets paid $9 million. and As a rookie. As a rookie head coach. You know, he's, he's getting paid more than... Nick Nurse and you know the only two who are higher paid than him is Doc Rivers and Greg Popovich, which is no surprise. Two of the most experienced coaches in the history of this league. Yet Steve Nash, obviously we've got Jacques Vaughn, who's the highest paid assistant, you know, who I believe is on seven figures or something like that as well. And now this coaching merry-go-round, you know, no more Vanderpool, I think, seems more than likely given, you know, and you know, he was sort of interviewing for a few jobs here and there, Charlotte, LA and Sacramento, all those sort of different places. The coaching merry-go-round, Nick, where does it stop? How do you feel about it? How it's been pertaining so far? Yeah, I think this is the move that had to be made, especially if you're going to continue to roll with Steve Nash. You know, we talked about it. They didn't move on from Nash. They needed to retool the coaching staff and supplement him with, you know, more experience, more guys that could kind of help him and maybe guys that are a little bit more annoying or, you know, could be come across as assholes and just like willing to be the the mean guy in the room, like you look at a May Udoka, like he'll yell at his players. Like yesterday, like uh, Robert Williams or Grant Williams made a mistake. He lit them up like <laughs> on TV, national TV. So yeah, like, but just clap, Nick, just clap. <laughs> yeah. He claps in a different way. Um, um, but seriously, it, it definitely is something important. And I think moving on from guys, if they're not the right fit or they're not providing that energy and that spark, and obviously there was a difference in the coaching staff from year to year. You know, some of that was Steve Nash. Some of that was James Harden being on the floor and being healthy. But some of it's too, is just having, you know, May Udoka, having Mike D'Antoni, having these guys around that have experience and are really great, you know, NBA mind. So I think this is a smart move. Things didn't work out, bring in new faces. And that might mean getting rid of some old faces too. And guys that have been around, you know, I don't think the work is done here and we're going to kind of continue to see, you know, more changes. And I think, again, like I said, it's the right move because obviously last year it didn't work out. You mentioned Ian Eagle. He called out the coaching. He said, you know, Steve Nash has all these great, you know, he's a great communicator. He has a great, you know, obviously NBA pedigree, but is he able to kind of put it together? And can he kind of, you know, fix those rotations, the flow of the game stuff Ian was talking about. And even said, like, Steve probably would tell you that he didn't do a good job. So he needs guys to have his back on that coaching staff and maybe the right guys weren't there last year. Yeah, surrounding yourself with experience and success will breed more experience and yeah. success. They said every, every, sorry to cut you off, Jack, like every entrepreneur or business thing you say is to surround yourself with smart people. And yep. Steve Nash needs more smart people. 
and you know we're not discounting you know David Vanderpool and 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 Sharkborn and all those sort of guys given you know, the, where they are as basketball minds. But I just think that there needs to be more better fitting basketball yeah. minds um, and guys that have had a history of championship success or near championship success with Dan Tony. You know, Yudoka obviously is one of the smartest basketball minds and was going to be a head coach. It was fate accompli. We need to get some of those guys. There's rumors around James Borrego now, who yeah. you know, I think would be good. You know, Lloyd Pierce. It, it, it'll be ties. I just hope that it is because. Steve Nash at the start preached collaboration. So he's going to need the right collaborators around him. Didn't feel like he had the right collaborators around. Now, to get $9 million to collaborate seems like a, a bit of a cushy job to in, in my eyes. And it's going to make me even more pissed off if we see Joe Side not pay Bruce or Clax, but Steve Nash is getting paid $9 million. $9 million, Nick, is more than a large majority of NBA players. That is a that is an inordinate amount for an NBA head coach. So if if Joe doesn't pay our guys and and the, you know he pays he decides to continue to pay and not pay out or whatever Steve Nash given you know it's very he he probably shouldn't be if this if Steve Nash were anyone else he were anyone else and he wasn't picked by Sean Marks and and everyone else he would not be the head coach. You know it's it again a discussion for another day given I've only got a couple of minutes till um, I I have to be back at work. So look the coaching merry-go-round will be something to certainly keep an eye on, and you know the Nets need to be more like they were you know, 18 to 24 months ago than they were the past six to 12 months because that mix didn't work. We need to get the right mix. Yeah, and you know, and like you said, not really like trying to shit on the old coaching staff or the guys that are going to be going. It's more so just the fit, you know. And it kind of almost felt like they had too many nice guys and too many quote unquote communicators or like players coaches where they need to kind of bring in maybe some more stern guys, more experience, or just different skill sets. Player you know, development guys, I think, it, as well, Nick. You know, because you know, if you're not going to be making moves and stuff, then you better make you know, Miami Heat style, make your rotation, you know, guys from the G League, guys that are on two-way contracts, Kessler Edwards, Daron Sharp, Cam Thomas, David Duke, make these guys genuine rotation players. Yeah, and I mean, Adam Harrington has notably been that guy that's supposed to be the player development guy. Maybe he's the guy they move on from. Uh, Amari, I think, did a lot of work with the young bigs. So I think, and obviously he's gone. He announced that himself. We didn't come from the organization, which was kind of interesting. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens, but I think that's an area where the Nets can improve, and that's an area where there is no salary cap. So you can go out and sign all these assistant coaches the big deals if you want to, and it doesn't come out of you know your cap and what you use for the players. So it's going to be interesting how that all kind of unfolds. And the last thing, just to, to touch on before we go, is getting back to that Marks interview. Really talked about physicality. It's going to be interesting to see how the Nets target physicality, and also there were some references I think of improving physicality internally with just the guys playing a different style of basketball, spending more time in the gym, especially the way we've seen the playoffs go in 2022, just a lot, a lot of contact and the officiating crews have really dictated how much contact has been allowed. And some are giving you, you know, the max amount. Look, it's a beautiful day according to YouTube <laughs> right here, right now, Nick. So hopefully it's a beautiful day going forward for the Nets. Yeah, 100%. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.